Hey y'all, I'm Sammy, your host of the You Were Made For More podcast. John 10.10 is a promise that Jesus came down to earth so that we would have life and have it abundantly. My prayer is that this podcast and all of the content that we put out would remind every student that they were made for more simply because of who they were created to be. My own walk with the Lord and my relationships with the teenagers that I disciple have shown me that once we understand whose we are, the game changes. Or in other words, transformation happens. Our identity changes everything. We recognize that it takes investment and partnership between the church and parents to raise teens who know and believe who they are in Jesus. And we're here to help. So buckle up as we take this journey and take a look at what God has to say about friendships, relationships, sexuality, dating, and all the things in between. Hey guys, welcome to part two of this series on the You Are Made For More podcast that's all about how and why we should talk to our kids about sex and relationships from a gospel-centered perspective. If you are a parent or a youth leader or you ever want to have kids, this series is really important for you to listen to. Trust me, I am about to be a parent and during all of my research, I really was soaking up all the wisdom from all the parents and theologians who have done this well for years, which is why I felt like this was a great time to share it with you guys, especially as we're in the summer and you guys are spending more time with your kids looking into the next year praying and discerning about how to parent, things like that. This could be helpful to conversations you have with your spouse, your partner, or whoever helps you raise your kids. So what I'm talking about specifically is having real, raw, honest, and age-appropriate ongoing conversations about sex and relationships with your kids from the time that they're very young. So If you haven't listened to part one yet that aired two weeks ago, I want you to pause this episode right now, go back and listen to the content in that episode, then come back right here and meet us for part two. Um, Part one focused a lot on the why behind why it's important for us to talk to our kids about sex and relationships and and why we really should even care about doing it well and why we should take that calling seriously from a very young age. It's super important and it kind of sets the stage for what we're going to be talking about today. This episode is really going to focus on some practical tips for having these conversations with kids and students. So this is going to be the practical how-to. Part one was the why behind what we're doing, right? So it's important for you to have these conversations because it actually has been proven that your influence as a parent on your child's life is greatest 
in their first phase of learning. So that age range, their first range of learning is ages two to seven years old. That's why so many experts recommend starting conversations and being open to answering honest questions at this age. So it may seem like a little early to you to start talking about this stuff, but to experts, it's not early at all. It's actually just the right time based on how children's brains develop and all of those things. Again, this doesn't just apply to conversations about sex and relationships. This applies to other cultural issues and happenings of the world. We need to be talking about this stuff with our kids from a very young age. Again, in an age-appropriate way, but in a way that is going to set the stage for more advanced conversations as they get older and as they experience things and all of that stuff. So that goes for conversations about race, um, what the Bible has to say about reconciliation between races and within our world. Again, super pertinent to, to what's happening in our world today, but those conversations should be starting young too, again, based on brain development and things like that. So from the ages of two to seven is where you really have the opportunity to set a culture within your home, to set a culture in the relationship with your child when it comes to big topics like sex and relationships you're gonna start small and then you're gonna answer the questions honestly but appropriately and you're gonna set them up for more conversations in the future remember this is a lifelong conversation we talked about this in part one too it's not just a one-time get it over with move on everything will go smoothly it's going to take time a lot of awkward moments and perseverance to push through the conversations and move toward your children as they age and most likely are moving more outward into the world. It's going to take a lot of patience, resilience to do that, but it's really important that you do. I want to start this episode by reminding you the importance of these conversations and I figure what better way to do that than by sharing about some of my experience in youth ministry and conversations I've had with parents about real life experiences with their kids so first I want to tell you a story about a young girl um she was A parent shared this with me as we were kind of talking about why it's so important to have these conversations with your kids. Um, This young girl was about eight years old and she wanted to watch a makeup tutorial on YouTube. And that's like a super normal thing for girls these days, especially kids, right? They want to watch all these YouTubers apply makeup, learn how to do it seemingly innocent and her mom works in the church is a Christian so you know they have pretty strict and understood technology boundaries in their home 
So the daughter asked her mom if she could watch this video. The mom pulled it up for her, checked everything, walked into the the kitchen, which was just the next room, um, and left her daughter there to watch like an 11-minute tutorial on makeup. And at about seven minutes into that video, her daughter came into the kitchen um, with this like concerned, worried look on her face and expressed that she had seen two women making out in the middle of this makeup tutorial it wasn't part of the tutorial it had just kind of been inserted there um seemingly for no apparent reason and then it went back to the content of the original video so the girl told her mom what she saw they the mom went and watched it checked it out and Sure enough, that is what popped up in the middle of this video. So, I tell you that story because this family demonstrates why these conversations are so important very, very well. Um, they had been having conversations with their daughter from a very young age about things that they might see in the world and culture that aren't necessarily lining up with what what their family is teaching them the bible says about relationships and so when her daughter saw that she knew right away like wow this is what mom and dad were talking about I'm gonna go tell mom that I saw this and if she wouldn't have had that initial conversation with her daughter I don't really think she would have told her mom that she would have seen that. And that's really dangerous because it's in moments like that where, again, your brain is triggered from seeing those sexual pictures, videos, whatever. Your brain is triggered. Something's triggered in your brain. Dopamine's triggered in your brain from seeing that. And it's in that moment that curiosity begins for kids. So if they don't feel comfortable talking to their parents about those things, they're going to talk to their friends at school. They're going to Google what they saw. And honestly, this is how we see a lot of pornography addictions begin um, because of curiosity and a, a seemingly innocent thing that someone saw one time triggered something in their brain that makes them want to know what it was and maybe makes them want to see it again. And they search it and and we all know that you can find any literally anything on the internet. Um, So that's just one example of why it's so important to start this dialogue with your kids from a very, very young age. Um, I just can't stress it enough that it can be a game changer for your kids coming to talk to you about things um, and you being able to offer a biblical perspective to them and process and work through those things with them instead of just leaving them to figure it out by themselves. Another story that I want to share with you guys comes from um, a, a parent that also shared this with me, I was teaching a 
a kind of a, a seminar for our youth group and talking about social media and students and how to kind of set up boundaries, protect your kids while still allowing them to communicate with their friends outside of school and things like that. So we were talking about these things and she shared with me that her and her husband don't allow their son, who's in middle school, so 7th or 8th grade, to have a phone. Um, and when they do, there's going to be some pretty strict boundaries set up um, on it. And that they really have talked about this. That they've um, been convicted that that's what they want to apply in their home. So they've also started conversations with their son about seeing graphic images, um, pornographic material on social media and things like that. So he feels comfortable telling them if he sees anything. They've talked about the dangers. They've talked about all of those things. And she was sharing with me her heart was just broken because they had done this well, like to the best of their ability. They were convicted and they did it well. And no matter their best efforts, her son was still exposed to graphic content by another child that sat by him on the bus, um, whose parents clearly didn't have the same restrictions. This kid had already been exposed to pornography and shared it with her son on the bus, um, he came home, shared with, with her and her husband what had happened. And again, they were able to have a conversation about it, get in front of it, talk about biblically um, what the Bible says about that, but also like what feelings and emotions and desires and curiosities her son was now experiencing. He was only 12 or 13 at the time. Um, so like we talked about in part one, no matter how well you prepare and are proactive, you can't be everywhere at all times with your children. Therefore, they are going to see things they aren't supposed to see. And there will be moments where they're subjected to hearing and seeing things that are out of your control, which is another reason why setting them up to come home and have a place to process with you is so, so important. I want to really focus the last part of this episode on giving you practical tips about how to have these conversations with your kids. Because even though you may be convicted about the why and you may want to have these conversations with your kids, the how is kind of the scarier part, right? So the first tip, um, and again, these come from Harvest USA. So these are people that are much more um, experienced in actually doing these with their children and other people's children than I am. Um, I'm going to link, again, Harvest USA's Tough in the show notes. They're a really good resource for you guys to have. The first tip they give is to address any unresolved sexual issues in your own life before you have these conversations with your kids. So that can be a trauma and abuse 
or a sexual sin that was in the past or is present in the future in your life. Anything that is residing um, in your life, in your heart, in your mind will be critical. And it's going to show up in how you parent your children in the area of biblical sexuality. So being aware of that, seeking wise counsel about how to deal with those unresolved issues and heal and start the process of healing, super important. The second tip they give you is, again, like we've already talked about, be proactive. I I can't say it enough that this really is a lifelong process. It's not a one-time conversation. From the very beginning, when a child is two to three years old and they ask where a baby comes from, as a parent, you need to be prepared with an answer like we've talked about. I talk to a lot of parents who are convinced that um, they'll just take their kid for a drive to get ice cream one day, have the conversation, and be done with it, right? And then it's all going to go smoothly. That one conversation is just going to stick in their child's head. We know that that is not realistically what's best, right? Doing this well means leaving room and space for more conversations as they grow and mature and being willing to engage with them even if they're being willing to engage with them if they're comfortable enough asking you about it, which Again, I hope they are. If you've set up the younger stages of life um, with simple age-appropriate conversations about this stuff, they should be comfortable in coming to you about it when they're older. The third tip is to simply be positive. Like That can seem like a pretty obvious one, but it's really important. Being positive, having a message that is more than the guidelines and the boundaries, but rather tells the overarching story of the gospel is something we really emphasize in the Abundant Life curriculum that I wrote in conjunction with Anglicans for Life. So if you're not aware, you were made for more. The podcast and all of this stuff we put out is in conjunction with Abundant Life, and um, they're the same entity. And Abundant Life is a resource um, for parents and youth leaders and students to educate, equip, and engage them. Um, And in that curriculum, we talk a lot about how behavior modifications are not enough. Like, they're just not going to do the trick anymore. And I'm sure many of you can attest to that. It's about pointing students to the overarching story of the gospel, to God and his plan for our lives through the love of his son. That is what's really going to encourage students to grab a hold of their identity in him. That's what's going to encourage them to live for him. The do's and the don'ts aren't enough anymore. We really need to point them to the bigger picture. And the cool thing is we can start doing that from a very young age by teaching them the gospel, by teaching them 
what is in the Bible, who God is, and who they are. The fourth tip is while we're teaching our kids about this, these things, we really need to point to the fact that the only motivation for obedience should be out of love for and in obedience to Christ. This is such an important idea that obedience is about loving the ruler of our hearts. It's not about measuring up or pleasing him because we will never measure up in our human state, right? That's sending a wrong message to kids. And the other part of it is that unsatisfied desires don't just go away when you get married. And some people don't even get married if that's not what the Lord has called them to. So sexual relationships with a spouse are not always going to be easy. Some may be difficult and challenging and promising kids that if they are obedient and wait um, until they get married to have sex that they will have a great sex life and it will be easy and no issues will ever arise. That is leading them astray. That's not the way to go. And in many cases, this can set their expectations so high that no spouse will ever be able to meet them. And it can set them up as having an expectation for marriage that will never be fulfilled. So again, we want to offer the overarching bigger picture of the gospel that in our brokenness, in our sin, in all of our past decisions, mistakes, and regrets, that like Jesus does, a spouse is supposed to love us in all of those things. And the only way they can do that is is through a relationship with Jesus personally that they have. And number five, the last tip I want to give um, to parents, adult youth leaders, mentors, whoever you are watching or, or listening to this podcast, I want to just peek into your life right now that your relationships your marriage should and my prayer is that that it would be a testimony of why marriage is worth waiting for if you are married and you have children I highly encourage you to make sure that you prioritize and make sure that, that your children see the hard work that you and your spouse put into loving one another, learning about one another, and continually pursuing one another. Marriage worth waiting for is glorious because it is an absolutely beautiful picture of God's redemptive plan for our world. It's so beautiful. And your marriage has the opportunity to model that. I'm thankful for that in my life every day. And I pray that my marriage with my husband would be an example of love worth waiting for for our children. Now, I know this isn't always the case. I didn't grow up with with a Christ-centered marriage um, in my home. But I did have a lot of people in my life as I got older 
and accepted Jesus that modeled that. And I prayed for things um, that I wanted in a future husband. I prayed for things that I wanted in my future marriage and what I wanted my marriage to look like. I prayed for God to shape me in such a way before I met my husband because of the things that I saw in these people's lives. So if you have that opportunity, I encourage you, like, that's an amazing opportunity to share the gospel, to share the redemptive plan for our world. It's just so, so good. So those are the five tips I have for you. Let's just review them quickly. One, address any unresolved sex sexual issues in your own life. Two, be proactive. Three, be positive. Four, teach what real obedience should be out of reverence for. And five, make your marriage a testimony of why that is worth waiting for and why God's plan for relationships is what is best. Before we sign off, I just want to remind you guys that the Holy Spirit is alive and active and will send a profound and wonderful message to your children through himself, despite you feeling like you get, did enough, did a good enough job or not. He will do that. If you are faithful and you step into these awkward, uncomfortable spaces, he will show up with you and in your weakness, his power is present. Keep that in mind. Be encouraged by that. That's all I have for you today, guys. So I thank you for listening to this. I really hope that this kind of gets your brain going and working in the direction um, of how to apply this. Feel free to send us questions. We would love to get them. Um, Again, keep following along with us on social media. You can find us um, if you search at Abundant Life YM on any social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And yeah, we'll see you guys next time.